Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike, Live Mike, Check 1-2. with Lee from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Time now for the top two stories at two o'clock. The top two at two. What do you think? We're about a week and a half into this new segment. What do you think? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Have we been getting the right stories thus far? Today's top two stories, uh, number one, of course, is day one of the Utah State Legislature. The general session of the Utah Legislature commences today. In fact, it was uh, my former boss, uh, Rob Bishop, who took to the speaker's chair and uh, started the thing off. Uh, he swore in the new members. He swore in those who have served in the past. In, in fact, here, here's Bishop this morning. I'm truly honored to be with you here today as we be, begin this, uh, this first session of the 64th legislature. Thank you for being here. One of the things as uh, you know, a congressional aide working for him I came to learn was that uh, he has quite a sense of humor. And it doesn't matter what setting he's in, uh, he will put that humor on full display. Congratulations. You are now members of this body. We'll find out you are now part of the fastest and the longest 45 days of your life. Please take your seats again. There you go. Uh, That, again, Congressman Rob Bishop uh, helming things or steering things from the helm today as the legislative session kicked off. Now, uh, you heard that reference to 45 days. You know this, I, I am sure. Uh, but let me just reiterate this fact that here in Utah, we have, uh, we do things a little bit differently. Sure, there are other states that do it similar, but here in Utah, uh, as a state, which employs a part-time legislature. 45 days is all. Starting today, it'll run uh, for the next 45. And what that does is it creates a scenario in which those men and women who seek this type of elected office, either in the House or the Senate, they're our neighbors. They're folks just like you and me. They are people who have, you know, lives and families and jobs that they need to tend to. They have personal economies, right? The compensation for being a member of the Utah legislature is is nominal. You know, I, I don't want to, it's taxpayer money, so every penny is precious, and uh, I don't want to diminish anything. I don't want to diminish the value of taxpayer dollars spent to compensate these lawmakers. But what I can say is it is certainly uh, nowhere near, nowhere near uh, enough to sustain or support a family uh, and even yourself 
an individual. So uh, here in Utah, our lawmakers are cut from a different cloth or a different stripe. Regardless of party, uh, the unique way in which they serve compared to you know the full-time legislatures around the country, uh, namely New York, California, some of those bigger states, and, and smaller states as well. It's not just a, a product of the size of your state. Anyway, uh, that took place this morning. Uh, in fact, uh, Speaker Wilson uh, had some things to say as well about the unique nature of this 2021 general session of the Utah legislature. I would say that it's good to see your beautiful, smiling faces, but I'll settle for saying it's great to see you masked up and ready to get to work. le.utah.gov. If you can remember that, check it out later today. le.utah.gov. Reference made there to the masks. Not the only change to the protocols and procedures up there on Utah's Capitol Hill this year. Uh, lawmakers were given the option of not participating in person. During some of the special sessions of 2020, uh, the Utah legislature uh, got itself accustomed to operating remotely. Uh, a lot of Zoom calls. <laughs> and lawmakers are able to do that as well. Uh, but the largest impact is on the public's ability to interact with the legislative body and the legislative process. Uh, committee hearings, specifically the public comment portion of committee meetings and hearings, uh, that's been that's been a place where in the past you hear much from the public. And that's where some of the strongest, most emotional pleas are made to either push forward a piece of legislation or hold it back or whatever the case may be. Input from the public is important, and it has forever on Utah's Capitol Hill happened in person. Now, in the COVID era, it doesn't change the importance of things. Now, the public still needs to weigh in. So how do they do that? Well, legislature's got a system set up, and hopefully uh, you're able to navigate this. It's fairly simple. I kind of walked through things uh, myself before the program and tried to explain them best I could earlier on today's show. And it is, you start at le.utah.gov. You make your way to the calendar section, and whatever is happening, uh, you can participate uh, You know, via a Zoom-style meeting. A Zoom-style meeting available to you. So that is the first big story of the day. Day one of Utah's general session of the 2021 uh, Utah legislature. The second big story is something we're going to cover at greater length uh, later on in the program. And it is uh, the idea of the vaccine and its distribution uh, facing some challenges. And if you are one that would like to see that vaccine injected into your arm sooner rather than later, like me, uh, that, you know, experiencing some challenges is an understatement. All right. There were some goals laid out, some benchmarks that we were hoping to hit. And well, uh, we have fallen far short, not just here in Utah, but across the country. Uh, Something's going on. The percentage of vaccines injected into arms is far short of the total number of doses out there and available. Uh, And so what's the problem? Well, it turns out that it's more than one thing. There are logistical questions. There uh, are issues of efficiency which are not being uh, examined properly. And so what happens? We we can't just accept that as the result. In fact, there are uh, big companies who have demonstrated a capacity to achieve exactly these goals in the past, who are now stepping up and saying, hey, you know, uh, if you're having, uh, let's say, technical problems, uh, we here at Microsoft, we can handle that. 
Or another company might say, hey, you know, if you are having, say, efficiency problems, you know, we, we here at Starbucks, we can we can probably help with that. Just did the math and figured out at this rate of vaccinations, it's going to take six, seven, eight years for this country to get vaccinated. And we can't we can't think that's an acceptable pace. That was uh, Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson. It is anticipated that uh, Starbucks will be involving itself in examining the efficiency or lack thereof when it comes to the rollout of this vaccine and lending its services and expertise to the process of distributing the vaccine. Uh, so that is the, the second big story. Private sector uh, being proactive here, hoping to uh, make up for any shortcomings that we are observing in the government's effort to distribute this vaccine. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to stay on this topic of vaccines and have a conversation with former Health and Human Services Secretary and former Utah Governor Mike Levitt. He had some comments recently about how best to get the vaccine distributed. We'll hear from him and those ideas next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.